Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Ferguson, Missouri. In this offering, Pastor Chandler explores the issue of identity. Our identity in relation to Jesus and Jesus' identity in relation to God. It is an exploration into whom we belong and who we are as followers of and as learners about Jesus. Listen as Pastor Patrick brings a word entitled, Whose We Are and Who We Are, based on the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. To learn more about St. Peter's, you may find us on the web at www.stpeterschurch.org or on Facebook by searching St. Peter's UCC Ferguson. Today's scripture comes from the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter, verses 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the religious authorities gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. From time to time, as we engage in Scripture through prayer and through study, we can come across stories, we can come across accounts, we can come across images and uh, all kinds of things that make us pause and reflect and and to open our ears and our hearts and to listen to the ways uh, in which Jesus is trying to uh, explain to us, to the to the people of his time, to the listener, to the hearer, something something about our their relationship with God. Jesus so often is all about pointing us towards God in a new and a fresh way. Today is not one of those times because Jesus is not as much talking about God today as Jesus is talking about himself. Today, it's all about Jesus almost all of the time, with the exception of one these closing words. Today, Jesus focuses on himself and the relationship that we have through him about who Jesus is to us and who we are to him. For years, every time the youth would prepare to go off to summer camp or to load up the church van or to drive off to the Georgia coast for a weekend of faith development, community building, uh, for spiritual nurture, a colleague of mine would always stand before the church on the Sunday before that everyone would leave, and he would bring the youth up before the congregation so they could see uh, so they could see the congregation, the congregation could see them, and he would look down from the pulpit upon the youth, and he would say, while you are away, be, be, know, be sure to know that we will be thinking about you, and we will be praying for you, but also please remember this. Remember who you are and whose you are. 
It was a plea to the youth of the church to remember their identity, but it was also a plea to behave while they were gone, to not do anything stupid, to not embarrass the good name of First Christian Church. Now, I noticed that the pastor would only do this for the youth when they went off somewhere. I never heard him say it to the ladies before they went off on their retreat, and some of you know what happens on these ladies' retreats. <clears throat> Johnny... Who told? Who told? Really? It's well known. <laughs> I never heard it said to the men before they went off on their weekend retreat because they knew it would do no good. But still, it was always it was always said only to the youth. It was the equivalent of a parent saying to their child before they went off to the prom, "Don't do anything to embarrass the family, please." It is, of course. At first, a call to consider and to remember one's identity. Who are you? How do you define yourself? That is part of the question to be reflecting upon today. How do you, how do each of you define and identify yourself? Is it by your first name? Is it by your last name? Is it by some role that you might play? Do you identify yourself by your birth order, by your vocation? What identifiers do you use when telling others about yourself? Remember who you are. The whose you are, well, that's somewhat something a little more existential in nature. To whom do you belong and for what purpose? That can also be tricky to suggest one belongs or belongs to another can suggest a sense of ownership. And that can be abusive. It can also recall a sinful and collective past. But that is not the intent of the question this morning. The whose you are is indeed intended to reflect a relationship. Whose you are suggests that you are a part of something far greater and beyond simply yourself. Who you are is about your individual identifier. Whose you are is about your relationship, your community beyond your own individual identity. It's not uncommon when thinking about your own identity to start small, to start with ourselves, and to then branch out and to broaden into the larger picture, starting with the trees and then moving on to the forest, if you will. But this morning, I want to flip the script, flip the saying, and I want to start with the broader focus of whose we are, and then narrow the conversation to the individual, to each one of us. Why? Because this morning we are in the Gospel of John. And John's Gospel is unique. John's Gospel is sometimes strange. And John presents a Jesus to us that is very, very different than any of the other Gospels. In John, words and images and sayings do not mean what you think they mean. And yet I would argue that the Gospel of John has done more to shape our thinking as a people of who Jesus is more so than any of the other Gospels we have in Scripture. Now at this point, I feel the need to add a little disclaimer. 
Some of you might leave here this morning and go have your Mother's Day lunch with friends and family, and you might actually, I've heard this happen before, you might actually get asked what the preacher preached on today. And some of you may say, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> because he seemed to kind of jump around. That may happen every week, but you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> so, Hey, Clarissa. <laughs> you may say that the preacher kind of jumped around a little bit. I thought he was in John 10 because that's what the bulletin said. But then he started talking about John 3 and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I really couldn't follow anything that he was saying. I couldn't tell you really what he said. And if any of you say that, again, it wouldn't be the first time, I am sure. And this time you would also have the benefit of being right. And it means that you were listening this morning. And just because you're feeling confused doesn't mean that you were, which is actually the perfect way to look at and to think about the Gospel of John. I'm just hoping to make a little bit of sense before we finish. John 3. I warned you. John 3. Jesus encounters a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness, not wanting his peers, not wanting his colleagues to know that he has reached out to Jesus in a genuine way. During that encounter, Jesus informs this Pharisee that in order to experience the kingdom of God, one must first be born from above, as the NRSV translates it, or as many have come to know the phrase, in order to know or experience the kingdom of God, you must first be born again. Even Nicodemus is unsure what Jesus means by that phrase. Born from above or born again. Am I, he asks, to enter into my mother's womb yet again? You speak of water by being born again or from above. Does that mean her water breaks again at the time of life and birth? Jesus is not speaking literally. And thus, Jesus should not be taken literally. In this case, in John, Jesus is always making the listener dig deeper and deeper and deeper to dig deeper into the imagery, dig deeper into the words, dig deeper into their meaning. In John 10, it's the dead of winter. Jesus is standing outside the temple during the festival of the dedication. In other words, it's Hanukkah. Jesus is being pestered by the religious leaders yet again in their attempt to entrap him. Now Jesus has, before our scripture began this morning, Jesus had just completed his I am the good shepherd sermon. And some of the Pharisees simply were not impressed at all by anything he had to say. Some of them thought that he was demon-possessed. After all, up till that point in John's Gospel, Jesus had already used multiple identities to answer the question, Who are you? 
Up to this point in chapter 10, Jesus has already claimed to be the bread of life, the living bread, the light of the world, the son of man, the gate for the sheep, and the good shepherd. Well, which is it, Jesus? Are you the gate or are you the shepherd? Because you can't be both. And all of that is just up, as I said, to chapter 10. This is who Jesus has said he is. The rest of the gospel, he will come to say that he is a teacher, that he is Lord, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the true vine. It's no wonder, no wonder the religious authorities could not easily identify who Jesus was. It's no wonder they were divided about who he was. He kept using all of these different names and images to describe himself. Jesus keeps talking about himself. And since Jesus decided to make this all about him, we shall do the same. If Jesus is all of those things he mentioned, who are we in relationship to him? What is this relationship we share with Jesus? What is the whose we are? Remember whose we are. Well, we are Jesus. We belong to Jesus. We are the sheep to the shepherd. We are the branches to his vine. We listen, we know, we follow. By listening, knowing, and following, by belonging to Jesus, if you will, we can then form and determine our own identity. First, we decide to whom we belong, whose we are. And once we do that, we can then begin forming our own identity out of that relationship. Embrace who we are and define who we are. Because John isn't confusing enough. I'm going to go down another little tangent for a moment. John has Jesus saying that through the listening and the following, we shall have eternal life. Now that phrase, eternal life, is one of John's favorite to use. He uses it 18 times in the gospel. And it's perhaps, I think, one of the most misunderstood phrases in all of the biblical narrative. If I were to ask each of you what you thought eternal life means, I would imagine most of you, if not all of you, would be thinking about the life beyond this one. Life in the great by and by. But I don't think that's what John's Jesus is talking about. But you see, there's a reason I mentioned earlier his encounter with Nicodemus. Nicodemus's question to Jesus centers first around the presence of God, to which Jesus then responds with talking about rebirth and the kingdom of God. This is the first and the last time in that encounter, the first and the last time Jesus ever mentions the kingdom of God in the Gospel of John. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is Jesus' most often topic ever preached about, ever taught about, and yet he only uses it once, twice, in that conversation with Nicodemus. 
from that moment with Nicodemus to the rest of the gospel, the phrase kingdom of God shifts to the phrase eternal life, which is not in the by and by, but rather is in the here and now. To have eternal life, to receive eternal life, is to speak more to the quality of life, to speak more to the type of life we have, we live here and now when we are in relationship with Jesus. But God so loved the world that God gave the world God's only Son so that whoever might believe will have a certain quality of life, a certain type of life, here and now. My sheep, says Jesus, hear my voice, and they follow me. And in doing so, I give to them eternal life. Meaning those who follow me, those who follow Jesus, have a certain quality of life that is different than those who do not hear or do not follow. You see, my friends, by realizing first whose we are, from there we can determine who we are. In other words, once we realize the relationship as Jesus describes it, not just in this morning's text, but all throughout the Gospel of John, then we can start to have our identity formed and shaped from that sense of relationship. And that relationship with Jesus also puts us in relationship with God. Because as Jesus says, Jesus and God are one. It doesn't mean they are the same. It means they are one, they are united, they are unified in purpose and mission. One hope, Jesus and God united and unified in the work they do and in their function and their desire for our relationship in a relationship that births our identity. Whose am I? Whose am I? I have to admit that it seems as if Jesus laid claim to me some time ago. And in spite of some of my worst efforts over the years, Jesus has not let go of that claim on me yet. And I don't think he will. Who am I? That's a more interesting and a more complex question. There was a time, there was a time when I would answer that question or say about myself in response to who am I, that I would say very quickly, I'm a Christian. But honestly, I don't feel comfortable saying that anymore. And it's not because I'm standing before you today renouncing my baptism or my relationship with Jesus. I'm not doing any of that nor am I renouncing the claim that Jesus has on my life. Rather, it makes me uncomfortable to say, well, I'm Christian because that word, that word has come to have such a very different meaning for a whole lot of people. And a lot of that meaning and a lot of that association is not good. People claiming to be Christian have done and are doing some pretty rotten stuff. And frankly, I don't want to be associated it's like Gandhi said, I love your Christ, but it's your Christians I can't stand. Your Christians are nothing like your Christ. So who 
Who do I say that I am? What is the identity I claim for myself in light of the claim upon me? I simply say that I am a learner and I am a follower of the ways and the teachings of the one named Jesus. I am a learner and I am a follower of the ways and teachings of the one named Jesus. I realize that's a lot more to say, that's a lot more to Remember, it's not as quick and short and easy as I am a Christian, but I have to tell you that is about as honest and true of an answer as I know how to give. I am a learner and I am a follower of the ways and teachings of the one known as Jesus. Now, the entire Gospel of John is about relationship and identity. Relationship and identity. Whose we are and who we are. At the end of the 20th chapter of John. See, I've taken you from John 3 all the way to John 20 at the very end in just a few minutes. At the end of John 20, which is the original ending to the gospel, the author of the gospel is very clear. He says that through Jesus' identity as Messiah and Son of God, we are laid claim to and in relationship with. And from that relationship, we gain our identity, but also something else. Through believing, says John, through believing, we have life in his name. We're not talking, we're not talking about life in the sweet by and by. Rather, through this relationship and identity, through Jesus Christ, we are given a new type of life, a rebirthing, if you will. We are given a certain quality of living right here, right now. And it's something for us to embrace. It's something for us to live into. It's something for us to claim just as we have been claimed.